0: I'm going to give you tangible advice on exactly how to do what you want to do, lead and love your life. Today, I want to talk about something that is near and dear to my heart. And the reason I want to talk about it is because it really was a huge change for me in my life and a turning point. And what I'm talking about is graduate school. I have so many people that ask me when should I go? Should I go? How do I pay for it? What program do I join? Why do I go? What are the benefits? The cost benefit analysis. Oh my goodness, I want to answer all of that because I went to graduate school. I want to just drop that in the front. I don't want this to be something where you're like, well, did she go? Yes, I went. I graduated from Georgia Tech in 2009. So as of this recording, it was nine years and like one month ago. That's right. I'm holding on to that. I graduated in December of 2009. That program really did so many great things for me. But I don't want you to think that this is a sales pitch for graduate school because I don't think graduate school is for everyone. Today, I wanna break it down for you. I'm a huge fan of just laying it all out, sharing at the beginning what we're gonna talk about. So I wanna talk about why you would wanna go in the first place. When should you go? What program should you do? and how to pay for it all. And then I want to give you some bonuses and little stories from my own personal experience. So I want to start with why. So the reason I want to start with why is because I hear so many reasons people are going to graduate school, and I don't always think that they're based on the best decisions. So why should someone go to graduate school? I will give you the reason I went to graduate school. And then I'll give you some things that it did for me that I didn't even realize. So I went to graduate school because I always knew that I wanted to move up in the business world. Now, I got an MBA, Masters of a Business Administration, and my focus was in global business. All of that was purposeful, and I will tell you why. I love to travel. I love other cultures, and I love seeing the world and the way business is moving even you know 10 years ago when i went to graduate school is global you are going to work with a company at some point in your life that is global even if you own your own business you're probably going to deal with people in other countries it's the way of the world if you ever decide to hire a virtual assistant the majority of those are out of the country so I'm just letting you know that global for me was really important. But the main reason why I went to graduate school was because I never wanted somebody to say, well, she has everything, but she doesn't have graduate school. So I went for the checkbox, meaning when I fill out applications, when I speak to groups, when I get in front of people. I have that checkbox. I did that thing. And I know a lot of us go to school in general for that checkbox, right? That gets your foot in the door. And for me, it wasn't necessarily getting my foot in the door. It was just making sure that later on in life, no one could ever discount me because I did not have that from a business perspective. Did I use it right away? I actually did. did. But that leads me to when to go. So when should you go to graduate school? I had a professor and I actually talked about him in my fear episode. He told all of us to get five years of experience before we go to school, back to school, graduate school. That was the best piece of advice I ever received. Because when you go to graduate school, what it does is it takes the knowledge that you've learned about the business world, if you have had those experiences outside of it, and it enriches it. It's like it takes your experience from black and white to color full HD. It's insane. And I feel like I wouldn't have gotten as much out of my experience if I had not had some experience. It really helped me opened my eyes. Coming from a supply chain background, I'll be honest with you, I hated marketing people, and I hated salespeople. And the reason I hated these people was because I didn't understand them. Once I went to graduate school, I had this huge, deep appreciation for these people. And it was just, it really opened my eyes to the power of every function in business, why it matters. Now, I do want to go back to why do you want to go? Because I want to also talk about the bad reasons. You don't know what you want to do with your life. You can't find a job right out of college. No, do not go to graduate school if you don't know what you want to do. Do not go to graduate school because you cannot find a job. The reason is, is because just like I said in the when to go to college or when to go to graduate school. This should be once you've had experience. And if you can't find a job, you need to talk to me. We need to talk because we can take your information and create a rich resume and stories around that. Do not spend money on graduate school just because you can't find a job and definitely not because you don't know what you want to be doing. That is such an expensive way to get yourself in debt and not really come out on the other end. So let's go down the path of why you shouldn't go right out of the gate right after you finish, and you can't find a job. Well, if you can't find a job with an undergrad, and no experience, do you think it would be easier to find a job with graduate school and no experience? The answer is no. Because what you are saying to the marketplace is, you're going to need to pay me more. I, I have a personal acronym for MBA. (laughs) And there's a bad word in it. So I'm going to have you fill out the last one yourself. But I think that when some people graduate with an MBA, it makes them a much bigger, you can fill in that word. The reason I say this is because when I went to graduate school, I heard people saying to me, Emily, do you really think you're going to make more money when you get out of school? (laughs) And that was never my intention. My intention was a 10-year plan, a 15-year plan. It wasn't, oh, well, I have my MBA, so now I'm just going to make this amazing amount of money right out of the gate. And, you know, a lot of people say to me, you know, what's the return on investment to to getting an MBA or going to graduate school in general? And I will tell you that for me, some of those things are intangible. Some of those returns on investment to me are intangible. There are friendships that I made and invaluable lessons I learned that I don't think can be measured in my paycheck necessarily. Now, I own my own business now, and I can tell you that I use my MBA every single day. But I think that the only reason that worked for me was because I had five years of experience before I went to graduate school. And I knew the reason I was going was for the long play not the short play, not to get a pay raise right out of the gate, which did not happen at all. It was a long-term play. So if you don't have those things in mind, then graduate school is probably not right for you. Now, I also want to talk about what program, and I want to lay something out to you that I keep talking about an MBA But I'm not necessarily talking about an MBA. I'm talking about any graduate school. My brother has a master's in applied statistics. And you may have fallen asleep just from hearing that. (laughs) My brother is so smart. And my parents were devastated when he said he was getting a master's in applied statistics. Yes, I'm serious. (laughs) And I believe the reason was is because they said, you really need an MBA. You know, in their mind, an MBA was what he needed. But my brother is a statistician. He has an undergrad in, stat, in statistics. And the master's in applied statistics gave him what he needed to advance his career. That is exactly what worked for my brother. And by the way, they weren't 100% devastated. He went to Cornell. Let's be real here. Who would be devastated about their child going to Cornell? But at the same time, they didn't understand that having a deeper knowledge in his trade and in his skill set was just as much of an advantage as having a master's in business administration. So when you think about what that looks like for you, I want you to understand that there are many different flavors. I also want you to know that there's Masters of Business and Administration in mine is in global business. There are plenty in entrepreneurship, innovation, you know, accounting. You can have a focus on accounting. You can have a focus on supply chain. I personally wanted a little bit broader view, but looking back, I'm like, gosh, I should have done the entrepreneurship part. But I'm really happy I did the global business. Now not only do you have other options, you know there's also getting your PhD, there's, you know, going to medical school. Hello, that's graduate school too, but you have to go for the right reasons. And I want you to know that you need to go for what makes sense to you. Remember that this step is a checkbox. It is not a fingerprint. So, let me let me tell you what the difference is between a checkbox and a fingerprint. The census bureau is a great example of checkboxes. So if you get the National Census Bureau, you know, census that comes out every few years, what is listed there? A bunch of checkboxes, right? You're going to fill out your name, your social security number, probably. And then all this information about where you live, you know, so it's it's capturing the town that you live in, the population in your home, do you have girls, do you have boys, how old are you? Uh, What is your level of education? See what I'm saying here? Checkbox. What is your income? Checkbox. But what is it not capturing? It is not capturing who you are. It does not know that you love ACDC. It does not know that you are one of the most organized people on the planet. It does not know that you are Catholic or, you know, whatever else. What I'm saying is those are really your fingerprints, the things that set you apart from other people, why someone would hire you. I went to graduate school, like I said before, because I wanted to be able to have that checkbox so that I wouldn't be taken out of the running, but I knew that was not going to be the thing that was the deciding factor. The deciding factor for me was going to be my organizational skills, my ability to lead teams, my ability to create change within an organization. My friends, that is my fingerprint. So when you think about going to graduate school, remember, this is a checkbox. It's not going to fundamentally change your fingerprints. Although I want to share a story with you about how it unmasked my fingerprints for me. So when I was in graduate school, I was in an executive program, an executive MBA. And we'll get into that in a second about the different types. But this program met every other Friday and Saturday. So it was Friday evenings and all day Saturday. The thought of that now is so intense. But at the time, I was like, let's do this. It was 18 months It was such an amazing program. I can't speak highly enough of it. But what happened in that program was actually something that led me to what I'm doing today. I was in, again, like I said, an executive program, and we were in a lockstep. What that means is that there were about 50 of us in a class together. We came, we sat in one classroom, and the teachers came to us. So we were not moving around. We were not, you know, oh, what do you have this time day of day? What do you have? None of that. We were all in the same class at the same time every week, and the teachers came to us. Now, we would typically have one teacher on Friday, and then we would have two teachers on Saturday, because we would have a morning session and an afternoon session. That was grueling, but it was great. What this meant is that any given time, we were taking, I think, around three classes at once. And because we were taking three classes at once, and sometimes we met on Saturday with this teacher at noon, and then other times we met with them on Friday after work, because I think it started around five, it got confusing because each teacher had their own syllabus. And I just, I am a creature of efficiency. I always have been. So I created a color-coded combined syllabus. So I took all the classes that we were taking and created a syllabus for the semester. And I would color-code it based on the class. So accounting was green, uh, marketing was purple. I'm making this up off the fly, but that's basically what it was. And then I would put the date of the class, what we were covering in the syllabus, but then also what we were have supposed to have read for that course that day. So when you showed up on Friday, September 12th, you knew that you should have read chapter seven for that course, for that day. I also had a different color coding system for the projects that we had due. I think they were yellow, like, ooh, don't forget this. So I did this, and then people in that set around me were like, what is that? And I said, well, I was struggling with remembering when we had what, so I just took all the syllabi and combined them into one and color-coded it. And it people started saying, I want to copy that. Can you send me that? And so I started sending it around, and then finally I was like, why don't I just print this off for everybody? And so I became the one who created this combined syllabus. And it was actually funny, because by the end of the program, this was just an expected thing. And I would get, hey, can you tell me when that's coming out? (laughs) And it was funny, because I didn't work with the teachers on it or anything. So I'm like, well, we don't have all of our syllabi yet. So I can't create it. But I'm glad that you care. Um, But from that, several people said to me you were so organized. And I also would talk about how I meal planned and meal prepped, because I knew I needed to study when I got home from work. And cooking a meal just seemed laborious. So I did all of my meal prep and planning and actually, most of my cooking on Sundays, so that the rest of the week, I could get home, heat something up and eat and just study. So I toyed with the idea of, putting out, hey, guys, here are the recipes that I do, because people were asking me for it. But I didn't do it because I was in graduate school. But even talking about it, several people in the class were like, you should be a life coach. And I remember laughing at them and saying, that's not a real job. That is not what somebody should actually be doing. That is woo-woo, made-up crap, to be honest. That was my thought process. I am a business professional. I would never associate myself with something like that. (laughs) And obviously, hello, that's what I do now. So clearly somebody knew me way better than I did. And that's what I'm saying. These people, the 49 other people that I was in school with, all slowly but surely unmasked who I truly was. And without those people, I think it would have even taken me longer than it did to do what I'm doing now, which is what I absolutely love. These people embraced my talents and told me I was good and really smart. And I know that sounds kind of ridiculous, but I was 26 when I started graduate school and I was newly divorced. So I had no real self-esteem. I knew that I was great at work. I knew I rocked at work, but the rest of my life was a disaster. <laughs> so for somebody to say that I should be a life coach, I'm like, Whoa, no, no. So you have to understand the headspace I was in at the time that I was in graduate school. But these people knew me before I knew myself. And I will forever be indebted to the 49 because they are, they are amazing people. These people have gone on to also own their own business businesses to become C level people and organizations, really, you know, thought leaders, which I, I usually hate that term, but they truly are in their area. I'm I'm really impressed with where some of these people have gone in their careers. Really fabulous people. And I was not even expecting that. Those were the bonuses for me of going to graduate school. But I want to touch on two more things. I talked about the fact that I did an executive MBA program and I touched a little bit on what that looked like in terms of every other weekend, you know, Friday nights after work all day Saturday, they may have changed this up. I mean, like I said, this was almost 10 years ago, but that's what I went through and it was 18 months. There are so many other flavors of this. There are night versions. You can go to school at nighttime you can do programs that are full time. So you would have to leave your job and do it full time. And I think that might be why some people do it right after they graduate from undergrad. But again, I don't think that this is serving you. If you want to do a full time MBA, you know, leaving your job and doing that full time, go for it. But definitely have the experience first. Um, I would say, though, now, for me personally, the executive MBA fit my life so well, because I did need to continue to make money. And that's leading me to the how I paid for it. So there are many ways, just like there are many programs, there are many ways you can pay for your MBA or graduate school of some kind. And one of those ways is student loans. That's like the easiest one, right, to figure out because we all know those. Many people have student loans already from undergrad. I would caution you against this. Our national debt is ridiculous in terms of personal debt, not uh, the become, like the world debt, um, not North America. Our debt as a society is outrageous. And a good portion of that debt is student loan debt. So what I would prefer we all do to be fiscally responsible is to not take loans out if we absolutely can can afford to do that and instead have our company sponsor us or save up the money ourselves. Now, saving up the money yourself can take a long time. That can take years to do. If you really want to go, though, I would recommend at least saving half because then the loan that you might take out is only half. Being sponsored by a company is, to me, the best way. And this is where the executive MBA comes into play because you can continue to work and contribute to an organization's bottom line while they're sponsoring you to go. There are organizations in this world that pay fully for an MBA or any graduate school of that magnitude, but they're few and far between. I'm not going to say that every single one of them doesn't, but at one point in my life, I worked for an organization that was willing to, in their documentation, pay for 50 to 75% of their employees' graduate school. My friends, I took this at face value. I took the job. And guess what they did? They told me that where I was going to school was too expensive, and they would only pay $52.50 a year, which, by the way, is pretty common for companies to say that's all they'll pay in a year. I was devastated. But guess what? Whose fault was that? It was mine. I took a job without getting my MBA sponsorship in writing. If I had a time machine, I would change many things, and this would be at the very bottom of the list because I learned so much from the experience, but I still would change this. I would go back and get that in writing. Instead, I negotiated. I played hardball with them because I actually turned down another offer that was willing to pay for my graduate school fully, but I wasn't as excited about the job. Thank goodness I kept that offer letter, and I was able to exercise the open door policy of the HR department that I was working for at the time, the company I was working for, I wasn't working for HR. I presented them the letter and I said, I'm going to go work for this organization. If what you have in your marketing material is not honored. And so what they did was they paid for 50%. But what an awful experience to go through. It was not at all what I signed up for. Nor do I think you should go through this. So, if you want to be sponsored by your company, look at what is in the materials, the marketing materials, your employee handbook. Figure that out first. Approach your manager and also know how much the school that you're going to be going to is on an annual basis. And the reason I say this is because that's probably what they're going to sponsor you based on the annual number. So there are going to be years like when you start, you might start in the fall. So that year is going to be less expensive. Let's say you start this fall, 2019 is probably going to be about half the price or a quarter of the price of what 2020 is going to be. So you need to lay that out to the company exactly how much Expense is involved, and what are they willing to help you with? Typically, there are also stipulations that you have to stay for a certain period of time. I know where I worked, I had to stay two years in order to sort of work it off um, to say, you know, I'm going to be loyal to you because you sponsored me. That's very common. So look at that and be aware of that and know what you're getting into in terms of, here what my expenses are going to be for the next few years, how much is my company willing to invest and sponsor me, and how long do I have to stay with this organization in order to work this off? All of that is incredibly important. Remember, this is a big step. I hope this episode has helped you vet whether graduate school is right for you, how to pay for it, when to go, why you're going, and what program is right for you. I know that I just threw so many things at you. So I have created a little PDF for you called the Graduate School Checklist. This is going to have everything I talked about, but in a simple way for you to make your decisions on if graduate school is right for you and how you're going to pay for it where you're going to go, what program works for you. So if you go to the show notes, simply download the graduate school checklist and you'll be on your way. Did you love what you heard today and you want more? Sign up for my weekly email in the show notes. You can also follow me on Facebook or LinkedIn by simply typing in Emily Hawkins, the number four, the letter U. If you'd like to follow me on Instagram, it's at eHawkins28. I'll see you here next week.